0: Alright, good evening. Merry Christmas, everybody.
1: Merry Christmas.
0: Amen. It's good to see you. Good to be here. I'll leave that over here. Uh, my name is Scott, and i uh, thankful you're here to contribute your voice and your presence to uh, our gathering tonight. We celebrate the uh, supernatural event of God becoming man. So it's uh, mind-blowing, but really, really, really good news for all of us. So what we're going to do tonight is very relaxed family church gathering. Uh, we'll open up with some scripture reading. Mackenzie and radio will read for us from John's Gospel, Chapter 1. And I uh, encourage you to listen carefully. It's uh, John's telling of... Jesus coming from heaven to earth in a very unique way. So they'll be reading from John chapter 1. Following that, the lights will go down and we'll sing some couple of contemporary Christian songs that speak of uh, Christmas season. And then we'll do some traditional Joy of the World and O Holy Night. And Eric will read a couple verses from Isaiah. I'll preach from Luke chapter 2. We'll read the famous... Christmas story, as told by Luke. And uh, yeah, then, then we'll have open flame in the room. <laughs> Make sure everybody has a candle, and uh, Rachel will come through, and she'll ignite a candle, one in the front of each row, and then just pass the flame down, and everybody will have a candlelight while we sing "Silent Night." and uh, then we'll close with go tell it on the mountain so it's really good to be together so I encourage you maybe you could move up a little more maybe in the back
1: <laughs> yeah. everybody's like my seat is warm that's alright
0: you're just good alright Bev's like no I'm relaxing alright that's cool just relax the Lord came to give us rest Amen. came to give us peace that's the main message right peace on earth we'll be talking about that so let's, let me open with prayer, and then we'll begin. So Lord, touch hearts tonight, Lord, with your great love and your great power. May the truth of who you are be known to all of our hearts, Lord. Bring your life, your power, your life, your presence to us, Lord, tonight. Ignite the words and the songs, Lord. The song, the lyrics in these songs are just so dynamic. Ask your anointing on Eric and radio as they lead us. Just overall, Lord, uh, you'd be glorified. And we welcome you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Mackenzie, why don't you come right up? Ray, why don't you come up with her, and when she's finished, you can slide
2: over. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light. that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light.
1: He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world. And the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born, and not not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. I'll invite you to stand as you're able, and we will uh, spend a little time in worship here.
2: The world, you step down into darkness. You open the eyes, let me see the beauty that made this heart adore you. The hope of a life spent with you. Here I am, so here I am. To worship, here I am. So highly exalted
1: Darkness, we were waiting without hope and
2: without light till from heaven you came running. There was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets. To a virgin came the word from across. Side. Knowing this was our salvation, Jesus, for our sake you praise the Father, praise the stone was moved for good for the lamb had conquered the king
1: of years, hundreds of years before Christ is born, Isaiah pens these lines, very familiar probably to most of us, out of chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, for to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Let's sing this song very familiar again, O Holy Night. Father, we come on this night, a holy, powerful night, Lord, that changed history. And Lord, we, we know that uh, in many corners of this world, uh, this event is, uh, is relegated to a fairy tale. It's relegated to something that it seems fewer and fewer people, intelligent people, are believing in. And yet, Father, we have so much evidence that we see in Scripture, thinking about the words of Isaiah coming true and the birth of your son, Jesus Christ, and all the events that took place over the course of his life. And, Heavenly Father, so tonight we come and we remember 2,000-plus years ago the birth of our Savior, the birth of your son, Jesus incarnate, the, the Lord, the God who came to earth. So, Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for the privilege, the joy of being able to gather together. We thank you, Father, for these carols that have been sung for hundreds of years, some of them, just simply describing and proclaiming the truth of the birth of our Savior. So we thank you for our time tonight just to, to set aside this time and, uh, and, Father, to focus on your son Jesus, an incredible gift a light that has come into a dark world. And Lord, we realize tonight, Lord, that in a room filled with this many people, there are some who are walking through hard times. And Lord, wondering if, is it possible that the light of Christ, the light has come into this world when at times our world seems so dark. And yet, Lord, we hang on to the hope, the hope that you will Uh, Father, make all things right in time, and Father, that you walk with us as we walk through those periods of darkness. But Lord, we know that the darkness, though it is in the world, it has not overcome the light. And so, Father, we are so grateful for that and grateful for you this evening. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: you have a Bible, please open to Luke chapter 2. Thank you, Oz. <laughs> if you don't have a Bible, I, we can hand you one and you can follow along. Mrs. Sui has, since she's up, she will gladly, if you need a Bible to look at, just raise your hand. We'll put it in your hand. Thank you. One up here, several. Anybody else? Madison, if all goes well, we'll have a birth here tonight, (laughs) Chad, you ready, Chrissy, (laughs) it's like, this is the due date, right, okay, all right, so, (laughs) good to see you, Luke chapter 2, Matthew, Mark, Luke chapter 2. And I'm going to read the first 20 verses, which are the classic Christmas story. And you can just follow along. I'm reading from here, Luke chapter 2, verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place While they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. It says in the very first verse, it says it came to pass in those days. And what Luke is referring to here is in the days of miracle babies. What he introduced to us in the first chapter were an elderly couple named Zacharias and Elizabeth, and they were way beyond the days of child-rearing. That was in their rear view. Unfortunately, they'd never had children. They were childless. But God supernaturally enabled that senior citizen couple to biologically conceive And so, when they were, we think, somewhere in their 60s, this woman, Elizabeth, gave birth to a little boy named John, John the Baptist. He came to be known. Well, about six months after Elizabeth conceived, Mary, y'all heard of Mary, right, famously, she was visited by an angel who told her that she also would have a miracle baby. But his baby would not come to her biologically. He actually would come to her theologically. God was, go- was on the move, and by his power, and without any human possibility, any human help, she conceived. She was a virgin. We have on our hands... A pregnant virgin. Wrap your mind around that for a moment. You can't. But God did it. He sent his son into Mary's womb to become a man, to become a baby. It's in those days after Elizabeth has given birth. And now Mary is at her full term somewhere in her third trimester. I just want to tell you that Luke, who wrote this, was inspired by God. Not only to give us God's words, but he inspired Luke, who is a master storyteller. And the sheer beauty of of his recounting this story is as heartwarming as any story on the planet. He used his gift to tell this story. Luke was a doctor. And I just want to tell you a little bit about Luke. I won't be too long-winded here tonight, but I think it's important to appreciate the man and, and the story that he tells. Luke was a physician. And the way Luke writes his gospel is very much from, he's interested in the human element. He's very much presents to us Jesus in his humanity and in the way he connects with people. And so if you've ever heard the parable of the Good Samaritan, anybody heard that parable? Or you've heard the parable of the prodigal son who went off and sowed his oats until he came to the end of himself. Luke's the only one who tells those stories. Jesus told them, Luke recounts them for us because there's that human connection between God and man. And that's what he's emphasizing here. So it was in those days, in the days of miracle babies, in the days of a pregnant virgin with her husband Joseph, who so loved and respected his girl, young Mary. You know she was only about 14. Some of you are younger than that. Some of you are about that age. Can you imagine having a child? Scandalous. I don't think it was much different back then. It says that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. So let's just put that in modern terms. There was a government mandate (laughs) that everybody had to follow their rules. Nobody likes being told that, much less from this Roman Caesar, who has, he's actually the most powerful man on the planet at this time. His, originally, his name was Octavius. He was adopted by Julius Caesar. And after his adopted father passed, he took his Julius Caesar's last name to himself, and then he elevated himself to be a god. You see, Julius Caesar was, was considered a god. And so Octavius took Caesar's name, and he said, well, if Julius Caesar, my adopted father, was a god, that makes me a son of God. And so he added to his name Augustus, which means majestic and venerable and someone who is godlike. So he just wags his finger, and he says, I want a census of everybody in my empire. And you had to comply. So that's the first three verses that sets the scene. Joseph and Mary are living in Nazareth. They're about 80 miles from Bethlehem. She's in her third term, uh, third trimester. And it tells us in verses four through seven that Joseph went up from Galilee of Nazareth down to Bethlehem. And it says in verse six, while they were there in Bethlehem, The days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room in the inn. So we have a manger, which is a feeding trough for animals, and an inn. The way I understand it is that an inn is like a hotel, and every hotel had a parking garage, basically. So typically they would park their animals, donkeys, their beasts of burden in the ground level and then go up a floor and they would sleep on the upper level. So that's why you have this feeding trough or manger connected to an inn. Uh, There was no room for them in the inn. They were out of the inn. (laughs) Kind of an interesting thing. Sometimes that happens in life where you find yourself not welcomed, or you find yourself not being able to really get in. And I'm speaking sort of with pun there, tongue in cheek. But Jesus came. He came to reverse all that. Sometimes because of unforgiveness in our hearts towards those who have hurt us or offended us. We don't let them in. And they have to sort of stay out in a less comfortable place. In this very first Christmas season, there was a lot of travel. Just like there was a lot of travel in our Christmas season. People, because of the decree from Caesar, had to move about the country. And they would arrive at their places uh, and they got to the end, and there was no room for them. For many people, Christmas means the inconvenience of travel, only to end up at a place that doesn't feel very welcoming. Your stay is uncomfortable. It stinks, feels unclean. Jesus knows, And I think there's a, there's a message right in that very verse that he understands what it feels like to be unwelcome for he himself was unwelcomed well that one verse verse seven really is the account of jesus being born in all honesty there was nothing spectacular about it a baby was born happens every day jesus was born from mary but luke spends the next 13 verses talking to us about this whole thing with shepherds and angels. And I just want to remind you all, the angels didn't show up in that pasture of their own. They were sent by God. Angels are servants. They're obeying the decree from the true Augustus, the true divine Jesus, or God rather. They are obeying the the command to go and talk to those men out in in the pasture tending their sheep. So I just want to remind you, that's actually very important to be reminded that angels didn't show up there because they wanted to, or they just made this decision. They were like, this is interesting. God just became human. Let's go check it out. No, they were told to go there. And I'm telling you that now because the words that they give are God's message. And the attitude, the manner in which they say them is revealing God's heart. And there's all joy and excitement and they're declaring peace. That's God's message passing through these angels who were sent there to those men. And so it says, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. If you all don't know, shepherds were not good people, okay? They, the townies, so to speak, were happy that the shepherds were living out there okay? They had a well-earned, much-deserved reputation for being not trustworthy. They were bad guys. I can't give you a whole lot of specifics because I don't know them. That's just the reputation that shepherds had, okay? So for shepherds out there in the field at night, watching their flock at night. So apparently Jesus was born at night, I want to tell you, my friends, I think that night, uh, it just, it can be taken literally and metaphorically. Literally, they were living in darkness, literally. And it's very, very different from the world you and I live in, because there was no electricity. If you've ever been out in the middle of a desert, out in the middle of an ocean, you've seen dark, or maybe you've been in a dark room, or you've gotten your place where there's like absence of light. It's a little scary. And these guys are out there in this field at night, literally, living without light, unable to see because of the darkness around them, literally. Metaphorically, it's also true. Because you see, they're, they're bad guys. They're ungodly men. They're ungodly men. They're not registering. They're not paying taxes. Everybody else is. These are nomadic men. They don't give a hoot about government. They're kind of rebel in their hearts and character. So metaphorically, they're living in darkness without light and unable to see the darkness inside of them that we all have. I think metaphorically, if I could just expand that just a bit more, and Eric already touched on it. Shepherds in the night represent most people in the world. For them, Christmas means nothing, it's just another day of work. It can be a dark time of life for a lot of people, Christmas season. It can be sort of a darkness to the Christmas season for various reasons. Physical illness, mental illness, loss of life. My goodness, I'm walking through Home Depot yesterday and there's a part-time employee, somebody about my age, and he's just walking around and I happen to ask him, where's the Milwaukee battery? I want to get a battery from my tool." and he directs me and then I chat with him just a little bit and within seconds he's telling me about a broken relationship that he's living in and the pain of it all I go to the parking lot I see an old friend he's telling me the same thing it's kind of a dark Christmas for some it's just a hard reality in life loss of a loved one loss of hope Loss of a friend. And then an angel shows up. And I want you to take note. Verse 9. It says an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord. shone." The angel wasn't glowing. It was the glory of the Lord. There was this sudden light. Into the darkness. Out. Among these most unlikely of all men, to have an appearance from God, these men, out in their field, out in their darkness, the glory of the Lord shone around them. It says, and then the angel, and they, it says they were greatly afraid. My friends, the shepherds experienced fear because a sudden light appeared. <laughs> But that's not the only reason. They also experienced fear because, as Tim Keller says it best, human beings are radically threatened by the presence of the holy. When God's glory appears, it always accentuates and intensifies our fearfulness because we are alienated from God, as was true for those men. And it might be true for you tonight, if you don't know personally Jesus Christ as your loving Savior and friend and Redeemer and Lord and King, you are separated from Him, living in darkness, metaphorically, and in a sense, literally. And an angel is speaking, and remember, this is God's message, and it's coming with God's heart behind it. This guy's excited He's excited to proclaim good news. I'm telling you good news, man. I know who you are. I know how you're, what your reputation's like. I got, I got your file. I know your backstory. I'm here to tell you this is good news. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, great joy which will be to all the people. What is that all about? He tells us, for there's born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who's Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. Yeah, that's pretty cool. He's like, I'm gonna make this easier for you because I got a feeling this angel's thinking when I get done talking, you're gonna wanna go check it out. So I'm gonna make it easier for you. You can, you can narrow your search to the garage in Bethlehem. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. I doubt that it had a lot of hotels, which means their search was pretty easy. They probably knew from experience where those inns were. And all they had to do was run to the garage, take a peek, no babies, go to the next one. Ah, there they are. Isn't that cool? That's exactly what the Bible tells us that if you search for God with all your heart, you will find him. And you haven't got to go running anywhere. You can just turn to him tonight in your own heart and you will find him. Your Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Verse 13, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. And in, a, in an instant of time, an innumerable number of Other angelic beings are standing in the pasture with the first guy. And these angels are just looking at this as the glory of the Lord is shining around them, and they're all saying in unison, Glory to God in the highest. Now there's the true Augustus right there. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And then the angels went away, and the shepherds are like, All right. Let's draw straws. One of us has got to stay here and keep an eye on the sheep. The rest of us, let's beat it in Bethlehem and go check it out. And it's exactly what they did. And it was all said and done. They were praising God and giving him glory for all that they had seen. The Lord had spoken to those men in their place, right where they were in their life, and it changed them. As far as I can tell, it changed them forever. So I just want to close with this. What did the angels tell the poor shepherds? They said, don't be afraid, behold. More literally, they said, don't be fearing, be perceiving. That's more literally what they say. Don't go on fearing, be perceiving, be looking at be considering the gospel. They told him the good news. And the good news is that Jesus has been born to save us from our sin so we can have eternal life. Fear always haunts and overwhelms when you seek to save yourself, to earn your own sense of worth, to construct your own identity. If you want to get over your fear of rejection and failure and be filled with God's love, if you want to be completely forgiven, you must rest in the Savior. What about the greatest fear that we all have, which is surrender? How can we trust Jesus with our entire life? And the answer is, That baby is the mighty Christ, the Lord. There's the trick right there. Keep looking at the good news. God became a man to save us, forgive us, die for us, rise again to give us hope and assurance of life in heaven. And you can live with purpose and meaning and joy. And peace comes into our heart. Real peace. Lasting peace. Peace that is sometimes unexplainable given all the circumstances in the world today. And yet there's this restful assurance. It is well with my soul because I know my Savior and He knows me. Let's stand and pray. Oh, Lord, (laughs) I thank you so much for the simplest of things, a baby, new life. Pray your truth would penetrate into our hearts tonight, Lord, and ensure us and encourage us. And then maybe for some, they'll be like, a, like those shepherds, recognizing, oh my goodness, light, God is light. He's, he's shown me that he's, he's not against me. He's actually for me. He's not ignoring the realities of my own sinfulness, but he's come to show me there's grace and forgiveness. He's compassionate and merciful. And He's august. And He's just and holy. I pray, Spirit, You would move people to believe in You tonight. To receive You into their life. And they would declare You as their Lord and King. We thank You in Jesus' name. Amen. So... Uh, Pastor Andy will, if you don't have a candle, he will grab the candles and walk down the aisle and everybody get a candle in your hand and Rachel will follow along and we'll begin to light the candles. Uh, Eric and Radio will lead us in Silent Night. You know, Eric had a little tip there. uh, So, the person with the lit candle keep it upright, and everybody else tip theirs to light. Voids. Somebody probably won't do it, but it's okay. We have grace. (laughs) (laughs) And putty knives.
2: Oh uh-huh.
1: song. So here's what I'm going to have you do, because some of you are going to be so tempted to clap. And with that candle, it is going to be a disaster. So I'm going to go ahead and have you put those candles out. Don't blow it too hard. The wax flies. In just a second. Hey, what do you want? You want D? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, I'm uh, What do you want? All right. So here's the thing. We're gonna do this song. It's gonna be a little more going down home to church feel of go tell it on the mountain. Let me just ask, how many know this? Or think you know it? Let's just call it that. Okay. Um, here's the thing. In verse 18 of what of our passage tonight, it said that the people were, were surprised at what they heard, what the shepherds had told them. They wondered about it. And what did that mean? That means that the shepherds were not, didn't just go from the fields to the to the manger scene and then leave they were telling people about it it was something that was so powerful so incredible that they had to let people know that's the idea behind this song go tell it on the mountain all right so let's just uh let together do this together
2: go tell it on the
1: Miss.